Hello and welcome back to Bloody Brilliant Podcast. You're here with me, Emma, and Jay- Ooh, Jamie on wow. this side. I was like, Ooh, which side? How are you, Jamie? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I thought you were like forgetting my name then. I was like, and Jamie, no. I think. <laughs> but no, you're just doing the whole pointing thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you off I'm, I'm doing great as for people that are watching the video I'm wearing a tank top it's very nice here in Britain at the moment very warm very warm obviously yeah. as you can tell the arms are covered still but we've gone for some with some a netted moment there instead of a, a full tank top exactly. but I did get the memo we got we're matching this time yeah exactly but I mean currently at this moment in time I know this isn't a weather podcast but we are on <laughs> 23 degrees here in Blackpool Celsius that is I, mean, I don't know what it is in too hot for me too hot for me too... well that is because you are a redhead so that that anything's too hot for you do it. <laughs> it's like you go outside just like completely white this looks like that I've got the shade at the moment because I've got no light on so I look darker it's great I was gonna say I was like the flight the light just like reflects <laughs> off you exactly well anyway as we've digressed onto weather uh we're here today to discuss my choice for you jamie to watch um which is the 2005 film the descent yes um yeah uh so this was one that i had seen beforehand and one that you had not so uh, where I did a lot of talking, I guess, with the uh, Happy Death Day episode, this is your chance to get a full episode of you just talking. Are oh, you God. excited? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like talking that much. I just like to navigate the conversations. But let, let's go for it. Let's, let's see what happens. Just like you're not comfortable like doing an intro. <laughs> I don't like talking for a whole I episode. Think I this is why okay. I... This is why I host podcasts, so I don't have to talk so much. <laughs> but we'll go for it. Let's see what happens. Cool. So, The Descent, directed by Neil Marshall. So, correct me if I'm wrong here, let's go off straight off the top again. It's a British film. It's a British it's film. A, it's a British horror movie about, I have no idea why it's called, is it De Blunkin? Kerplunkin? I can't even remember what it's called now. Spelunking. Spelunking, that's the one right there. Spelunking. You could just say you could just say caving. That also works. Caving. But I mean, I don't know if you know what is spelunking. Because it's there for all the bios for this end. It's like six friends spelunking. Spelunking. It's um yeah, it's just going and exploring cave systems. Okay. That's that's what I mean. I've not actually gone that de in depth into researching for this uh, this episode, where I've actually gone into the in depth of uh, spelunking itself. But um, yeah, I believe it's something to do with like the actual hike and exploration of uh, cave systems. I mean, people can comment and tell us otherwise if we have got it completely wrong. Um, but yeah, it's caving. Do understanding? It's caving. So six friends all across the world. This is one of. We're going to get into the film, but this is one of my biggest vices of this film. You had six females from God knows where in the world. I mean, their accents were all over the place. Yeah. I'm like, is this one British? I want to say this one's Dutch. Is this one from Ireland? You've got one from America, and I want to say maybe Iceland or Sweden. Pretty I don't sure. even know about the other one. 
Yeah, so uh, you've got Shauna McDonald, who's Scottish. Um, Scottish, that's Sarah, yeah. That's Sarah. And then you've got Beth, played by Alex Reed, who's English, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know who's played by Natalie Mendoza? She's American. She's American. Yeah. Sam, played by Mayanna Burin, and she is she's British, but I'm pretty sure she's born in Sweden. Uh, so she's mixed descent. Uh, Rebecca, played by Saskia Mulder, she is uh, Norwegian, I believe, or from, the, mm-hmm. from the Netherlands. And then Holly, who's played by Nora Jane Noon, who is Irish. So yes, we yes. have got a mixed bag, though they are all supposed to be either English, Irish, American, or um, Scottish. We just, we don't talk about the, the two that aren't fully English, really. Yeah. I think, like I said, that was one of my main gripes about the film, was when they were talking, there were so many accents going on. I mean, it's one thing you always get in American movies. It's like, you're American or you're British, really. Unless you're a villain, you're going to be European. Yeah. <laughs> That's I think, how it I, goes, I think on the accents thing, everyone's accents are fine. Um, I think um, Rebecca's uh, kind of is the one, even though she's supposed to be Sam's big sister, they have completely different accents. And I think that's the one yeah. thing that I pointed out last night, which I never even noticed really when I first watched it. But when I rewatched it last night, I said, I said to Ed, I was like, "Where, where is she from? <laughs> well, that's not a British accent." Yeah, uh, that's the Dutch one, isn't it? Like yeah, the older sister's so. the Dutch one and the younger one. So I was like, "Well, may- maybe," because again, I don't think there's any notion of how these people met. You just assume that they met on like an expedition or. Something. Yeah, I think there's a I think there's a supposed to be a closer bond between uh Juno um Juno Sarah. Beth and Sarah because mm. obviously we meet them right at the beginning of the film together. Um and then um I believe the other three people are kind of like gone and met through various other expeditions if not definitely through Juno. So. Yeah. Yeah. So all that aside, there you go. I mean the beginning was something I was like, didn't expect. I mean, from this point on, we are going to start talking about spoilers. So if you haven't watched The Descent, pause it here, watch The Descent. Or if you don't care about spoilers, spoilers are going to happen. So you're fine. Just keep listening. Or if you just like our voices, you don't care, just keep listening either. There you go. So she's dead. There you go. It's over. There you go. The, the spoilers are here. She's dead. That little girl got hit. Oh yeah, so I think I think into the, the we we kind of skipped over a little bit of context, but essentially we've got six women that go spelunking, like you say, and um, get into some mischief in the cave systems. Um, but yeah, I think the opening was one of the like my favorite openings to a film, just because it did literally like hit you out of nowhere. I did not mm. see it coming, especially when I first mm. watched it. No, yeah, so like I said, you've got Beth, Juno and Sarah doing a little bit of whitewater rafting and then they decide that they need to go home. You've got a kind of weird thing going on with her husband, kind of talking to somebody, uh, Juno, I believe, uh, talking to her privately and Beth's kind of like something's going on there. Mm-hmm. And then and then Sarah's with her little girl and then they start driving home some weird stuff's going on in the car he's not really paying attention he's kind of got his mind all over the place and then when they're having the conversation the car swerves onto the other side of the road and hits into a lorry and this lorry then after the crash some weird massive poles fly off impaling 
Sarah's husband and eight-year-old daughter. I can't, I, I can't remember how old she was. I want to say I, maybe eight. Yeah, I think that. I was mean, there was five candles on. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say I'll talk. I'll talk about the candles later on. But I think I thought she, I thought she was about seven or eight. But if you go in by the candles, and she's five, which I think she was far too grown up to be a five-year-old. Yeah. But yeah, and then yeah, that came out of nowhere. I was like, didn't expect that. I, was like, I thought this is a movie about caves. Yeah. But um, uh, all of a sudden, uh, a little girl's been impaled. Uh, and then you have that this short moment where obviously she finds out in the hospital. Um, yeah. Obviously, Juno's vis- visibly upset as well, and you're like, "Why is she so upset?" Mm, yeah. mm. And then because they all lost somebody that day, and she said, "Well, yeah." But um, she's yeah, a piece of work. She's a piece of work that Juno, but she is a badass chick. Oh, I don't know. I've got some strong opinions about Juno, which I'm sure we'll get into when we yeah, get to we the caves. We'll deep dive into those caves when we get there, much like those six sh- girls did. Kaplunkin. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that, I mean, that's the opening. Like you said, it's a very strong opening. You don't see a lot of um, movies kill kids nowadays. I mean, they John do. Wick kills a dog and everyone goes mental. Little girl dies. One year later, she decides, I'm going to go caving. Going to go caving. And I think, I think that's a... Uh... You know, very much a, a modern thing of there is literally no holds. We don't hold any like punches or anything back now in in cinema. Children die, animals die, the elderly, everyone. Whereas back in the day, horror was like what a cardinal rule is not to uh, to kill children. But then they started making mm-hmm. the kids weird and freaky. Luckily, this child is not weird. But I mean, like children of the corn, yeah, they kind of need some. You kind of need some uh, some work done to them, <laughs> but uh, anyway, we we digressed again. Um, are you interested in caving? Is this something that you would do before before you watched the film? Would you have been in tra- interested in going spelunking? No, no, neither. Neither. Why? I'm glad we agree. Why? Uh, so I mean, I wouldn't uh, have minded going actually caving, like you know, like on a tourist tour, whether yeah. you walk the steps and everything. That's fine. Yeah, something uh, that's open to the public. Yeah. And that's safe. I wouldn't go exploring in various areas. Like, oh, there's a hole here. Let's climb through this hole and see what's on the other side. No, 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 no. I don't know if... Uh, th- I mean, accidents happen in, happen in caves all the time. And, you know, caves is not a, an uncommon, um, you know, setting for horror films. But th- there is, you know, real-life instances where people go into caves and they do not come back. They do not come mm. back. Um, if anyone's interested in that sort of stuff, look up Nutty Putty Caves in America. You won't sleep. It freaks me out, that sort of stuff. No, thank you. But, um, no, I'm glad we agree on that one. That even, so. If anyone's thinking about getting us any presents or anything like that, don't take a spelunking. There you go. There you go. I mean, we went to go ape Grisdale not so long ago, and you have to hook onto stuff. I hate doing all that hooking onto stuff because I always feel like I'm going to mess up. And then it's like, you mess up, you're gone, basically, aren't you? So you got to be extra careful. You don't enjoy it because you're trying to be too careful, making sure you don't mess up or you're going to die. So imagine doing that in a cave where there's going to be nobody around. No. Besides uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, five other women. Yeah, well, I mean, just five other people. It doesn't really matter if we're women or not, but... Uh... Yeah, I wouldn't. I just 
Imagine being stuck in a cave with people you don't like as well. At least these women got on. Do you know what I mean? Can you imagine if you got stuck mm. on the like group with someone who's absolutely infuriating? You get down there and you're like, oh, got to spend the rest of my waking moments see. with you. Jeez. She doesn't even know where she's from with that accent. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, and why is your sister speaking differently? Yeah, why? Who? Where, where's the connection? I don't understand. Um. What I was going to say is that um, the locations of this film are insane. Um, I think the whole, the, some of the imagery and the colour palettes of this film are really striking. I mean, um, for those who are watching, Jamie's put up the um, the cover for the, the sort of like poster in the DVD set. Um, the uses of like reds and, and, you know, daylight and things like that in this film are insane. And that first shot where they're looking over the crevice and it just keeps going when they're about to go down. It's just, it's just chef's kiss. I think, it, yeah, it, there's no light, and then the little light you have, it just looks beautiful. But uh, obviously, I think that's it the way it's supposed to be, isn't it? especially later on when they're going deeper into the cave. Oh yeah, this light is supposed to look quite beautiful and holy, and like this is your escape kind of thing. So I mean, it's like glorious escape, glorious real world. So I'm thinking that when you talk about the lighting and stuff, the lighting's obviously going to help with, with making it look like freedom. Maybe mm. I don't know what the correct word I'm looking for. But I was going to say as well that um, I think the film is very good at very easy, like very early on, leaving you little nuggets of information that when you watch it on a rewatch, you pick up quite quickly. Um, when I watched it for the first time, it was Ed's choice to put on, um, and I had never seen it before. And he was like, did you see that? Did you see that? And I was like, no, I don't know what you're on about. Like, watching back, you pick up on these things. And it's it's insane because we literally follow these, what could only be described as miles and miles of caves. But in reality, it's literally 20 different sets on a soundstage in London. And they just shot it from different angles. Imagine if they actually did film it in a proper cave and then some stuff actually did go wrong. But again, I, I thought, probably thought that they did film it in, a, in an actual cave. So, Yeah, I, I mean, I think... No, I think... I, the film's scary enough as it is. To have them actually film it in a, a genuine cave, I think that would just send me over the edge. Send me over the edge completely. I know it's not exactly the same, but it wasn't like the film as as below so above that was filmed properly in the French catacombs, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. Don't know. I I that as another above, film. So below. Yeah, that's another film. Catacombs, mm. right up my street. But again, only going down the ways that they tell me to go with a tour guide <laughs> and a lot of time yeah. that people come looking for us if you don't come back. Yeah. So. They got to the cave, and Juno's just being the weird kind of person that she is, decides to leave the tour book in the car. And you're like, what is she planning here? I was like, what is she doing? So originally I thought that, she, like, I knew there was going to be something down in the cave. So I was like, well, maybe she's just selling her soul and, like, giving them kind of, like, bait, you know, for someone to actually, like, send these people down, and then she'll send them there, and then people can eat them. You know, like, she can survive and get, like, power or some shit. I don't know. That was my first initial thought. Obviously, I was completely <laughs> wrong. Yeah, but very I mean, much so. Very much so. Um, but it just turns out the reason she left that book 
which is explored later on, is because she just wanted to name a cave, basically. When you put it in words like that, it is such a rubbish reason, isn't it, to go down into this cave. They just want to name a cave. And I think, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start. It's going to start the rant now. This is, so it's not even all of Juno. There's some bits of Juno that she just, there's actions she does and I'm just like, you are the worst person ever. I'd, she's the person I wouldn't want to be stuck down a hole with. <laughs> she she is a terrible person, and yeah, leaving the, the leaving the book there, she's she's also very bossy. I kind of get it from the perspective of she's you know she's she's telling these people so she's looking after them. She feels responsible for them, but also at the same time, just get off your eye horse, mate. That's one of the vibes that I got off of her. Um, also, she looks like she is definitely a um, very health conscious running at 6 a.m in the woods kind of person no thank you no thank you that's too much for me too much for me <laughs> yeah she's um a very dislikable character shall we say but again like some of the bits that she did in the film i really enjoyed which come later on in the film but I mean, early on, you're just like, for God's sake, we know you're sleeping with her husband. You're just a dick. <laughs> Sorry, slept. He's dead. Past tense. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, so they get into this cave and start exploring it, and then it comes to a bit like, oh, there's a little hole here. Let's let's climb through it. That's the yeah. worst part. I mean, claustrophobia. I mean, that's what one of the film does so well. Is like making you feel trapped and claustrophobic within this area. Like it's just you are there with them in this claustrophobic area. And obviously, it starts off quite slow, building up like it's just them versus the cave, shall we speak. And well, like someone's getting trapped here. Mm. The one thing I didn't know again was how, how quick they might start killing people off as well. And I was like, is one person just going to, like, fall down a hole? Is so They're just going to, like, break their legs? And they nicely did little bits like that to say, oh, maybe something's going to happen here, something's going to happen there. And none of that did happen because something else happened later. But when Sarah was going up in that little hole and it was like, well, she's getting stuck, she's the last one now, so she's definitely getting stuck. It's like, oh, God. Um, it's just a hard watch. Especially if you don't like claustrophobia. I know. I'll, actually, I've got something to pick with you, actually. Oh. What is the one thing I don't like in films? And what is the one thing you don't like in films? Because they're both oh, in yeah, this film. They're... they're both in this film. Yes, the... yes. So, for those who haven't heard before, um, in our previous episodes, Jamie's Big Bug Bear with... Um, Eyes is very, is in this film, and my bugbear is broken bones. When we say bugbear, it is more of it, it turns our stomachs completely upside down. And yeah, it, it after watching it the first time, I unfortunately had to experience the broken bone scene because um, um, it just happened so quickly that um, there was no time to warn myself um, from Ed's perspective. So on on uh, on on second watching, I just happened to be to be writing my notes since that scene happened, and I thank you know thankfully so. Um, though I feel like I should have given you a trigger warning, I guess, shouldn't I? Really, on the 
Well, I didn't even just didn't even think. Thanks. Well, I mean, one thing luckily that I always do now is because Mercedes big bare bowling films that she absolutely hates is she can't do with animals dying. That's fair so enough. Every time we watch a film, I basically I have to check the website does the dog It's a great website. Tells you any time if an animal dies or anything like that. So I checked it. And it did say there's a bone breaking and there's eye penetration. I'm like, great, gonna love this film. But- I mean, they're not they're not sustained. They are sustained scenes, but they're not like constantly on that thing. If that makes no, sense. But, but that bone scene is absolutely. Ooh. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I think as I mean, well. Wrong, it's a great scene. I, I couldn't take my eyes off it. It was brilliant. Mercedes there going, ah! <laughs> it is, it, honestly, it is one of those scenes of like, you know, something's going to happen. You know, Holly is running to what she believes sunlight. Bearing in mind, these girls have only just got stuck. So they've only just. And we know as viewers, that's not going to be the exit. Um. <laughs> Um, she ends up running and sliding into a, a hole, a very unforgiving hole. And it wasn't; it didn't even have anything to grab onto. It was the smoothest hole I'd ever seen in my life. And she just gone straight in. No, thank you. Mm. No, and I was like, because it was a little bit earlier. I think it was just before that bit where they started climbing over. You know, trying to get to that the next bit, and they've got that bit where mm-hmm. they're trying to attach these things onto the wall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Is this where it's going to happen?" Because I knew it was coming, the leg break. So I didn't know when it was mm-hmm. coming. I was like, "Could you imagine?" If... I was like, "No, if they fell from there. That they're like, they're dying. There's no way." But again, yeah, it's got... just so they're... tense, like just hanging. I was like, "Do you imagine the, the massive upper arm strength that you've got to have to do that?" hanging on oh. one arm and like attaching it all absolutely these 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 actresses are you know it's insane like oh i can't even barely lift myself out of bed these days with the... <laughs> for arm strength that i have like never mind trying to climb attachment pieces to for my harness um but then that also incurs a very gruesome scene as well um, of, um, I believe it is uh, Sam. not Sam, yeah. it is Rebecca. She like, I thought it was Rebecca's hand, the, the it eldest It could have been Rebecca, yeah. Anyway, one of, one of the blonde ladies, it's either Sarah or Rebecca of those two, um, ends up getting in a quite a, a horrible, I'm not, it's not even, what do you call it? It's not even a rope burn. It's like it, she it literally cuts her arm, her rope her arm open. I think it's just no, 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 because no. it it's because it's the weight. Isn't yeah, but it? Can you call it a burn if it if it goes sk- just rips through the skin? Mm. Yeah, but it was just a severe rope burn that mm. just cuts through her hand and there's blood everywhere uh, because she basically fell and she had to save her and then the the rope just <laughs> through her hand. It's like it's like when you get a paper cut. It's just a rope cut. We'll call it a rope cut. Cut a rope cut. Um, and and then it, the person that falls, Juno. And do you know what? It's starting to add up a lot here. 
that Juno is the of most of these problems. I'm just saying. Just tell <laughs> she, What's she <laughs> done? Got you stuck down. Oh, um, justice, but just after the other find that they are stuck um, in this, uh, this cavern. Um, they shortly find out that Juno has not actually taken them to the cavern she said she would take them to. Um, so this is an unexplored cavern that has not been named yet, as Jamie had mentioned before, um, which is another reason why she left the cave-in book in, this, in the car. Um, but also this means that nobody knows that they're there and nobody knows where they are in the cave. So she ain't really adding up to be the best leader at this point in my yeah. eyes and i mean and they say it later as well obviously after stuff happens but just don't trust juno i mean you should have known that from the start anyway but like i said don't trust juno because she is a crazy bitch and like i said she lied and like i said she just wanted to explore this cave just so she can name it and i think she may have alluded to naming it Sarah or something like that. So I'm pretty sure, like from the start of the film, she can't be trusted. I mean, <laughs> you see, you see her kind of like having a deep conversation. I mean, if you saw Ed having a deep conversation with a woman at like the edge of a lake, and she's kind of upset, you're like, "What the fuck's going on there?" I think there is uh, an aspect with uh, Sarah that she's a bit um, ignorant to it because she doesn't want to believe anything. Mm. Um, but we all know Beth clocked it straight from the off, didn't she? She, uh, she did notice something at the side of the river after the white water rafting. And um, I think she's kind of kept that extra eye on Juno as well. Um, she does make the, the observation that um, although... Juno did come to Scotland um, the year prior. Um, obviously, what we can only assume is the the funerals um, of the husband and the daughter. She left extremely quickly afterwards. She's literally not really been there for Sarah at all, whereas the other the other members of the parties have. Beth is not. She's not blind to that. She's not blind. Oh, to I, that. Thought, I thought the Scotland was the white water rafting. Well, think... That's why her family was there. Yeah. True. It's either the white rock acting or and the funeral because I'm pretty sure she yeah. goes to the funeral. She just doesn't stay afterwards, whereas obviously everyone else does. Um, but uh, yes, anyway, Juno, sus, keep an eye. Yeah, keep an eye on the Juno, not the pregnant one. Not the pregnant one, though. No. no, but I mean, then you have her running through, breaking a leg, which is, I mean, let's talk, let's talk about this scene because i mean you love it it's your favorite bit yeah so again it's literally just looking at this moment in time like it's a film about survival isn't it it's a film about because nobody knows like they said they've, they've alluded to they were supposed to be in a different cave they took them to this one all of the rangers know that they're in a different cave so there's nobody coming to help them so the the only way to survive is to find a way out the way that they came in is blocked off because of that claustrophobic scene when they're climbing up and it was kind of like a avalanche, I don't know what the word is to say, and all of the um, the rocks fell down and blocked that way off. So they're trying to run and find the light. And she runs, finds the light. I mean, to be fair, she did say, that's not light. Juno did shout out, it ain't light. And then all you hear is a fall. 
and then there she is on the floor and she's holding a leg and you're like oh she's okay she's not dead at least and then you know her legs hurt and then you can just see a little white thing poking out which obviously is her bone sticking out of her leg yep not not the yeah. best uh not the best bit um my, I don't know if my reaction sort of leads to what I feel like about that scene. It's such a good scene. I just wish I could enjoy it more. <laughs> if yeah. it didn't literally turn my stomach as badly as it does, then it would be fantastic. But I just can't deal with it. Not at all. Yeah. It, it's, it's a brutal scene. I mean, because like I said, it just stays with you. Like, it doesn't go off anywhere else. The camera is just focused on this injury and them trying to, like... Because the younger sister is a, a med student, which they alluded to at the beginning as well, just so there's a little context there for, like, oh, yeah, I'm a med student, don't worry. I, I can Sprinkle help. I can, that in. I can just... Um, there's only one way to do it, and that's to align the bone again. So... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And they proceed to basically just treat it like a dislocated shoulder where they just decide to just keep pulling on it until the bone lies back into the skin. Which <laughs> which again was a brutal scene. It was like staying with you. I mean, I haven't seen 127 hours, but I know there's a scene where he's with his arm and stuff. Again, not an another one I cannot no. That is not I'm not gonna watch that. No, 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 no. It is, it, 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 and I think that is not even the the thing with this film is that you know we saw very early in the beginning. We've seen it time up to this point in the film as well. It keeps giving. It's good at giving you scenes where it everything seems like it's building up, and then instantly it's just like bam, right in your face. Like instantly, dad and daughter dead. Instantly caught in a cave-in instantly leg broken and it keeps doing that and you keep thinking they can't possibly do any more to me emotionally than they already have because i'm i can't take it no more and then another scene comes up and you're like oh okay okay um i'm interested though when before you watched did you know anything about this film had you seen any reviews had you you know seen anything in passing about it i I saw the Rotten Tomato scores, which are all okay. pretty good. The reviews are pretty good for the film, especially as a British horror movie. Uh, when I checked the uh, doesthedogdie.com, mm -hmm. it says something about some kind of beast. So I was like, I knew there was something coming in the cave. Didn't know what, but I knew it was some kind of like paranormal thing, shall we say. Something not human, unhuman character was down in that cave mm -hmm. um so yeah that, that's the only thing i knew so uh yeah i think i had seen clips i think in the previous you know when you watch these like countdown videos or whatever mm -hmm. um i'm a sucker for things like what culture horror and stuff like that where these films are very evidently spoken about quite a lot um so uh spoilers always happen to me but um I think what I didn't expect was that it's a very short window of time in the actual film that they turn up. Um, I think you don't actually, unless, again, this is one of those things, 
I think it's about 47-ish, 50 minutes in, where you actually start seeing the, like a shadow here, a side mm -hmm. profile there, and then it is literally about an hour in until you actually see the, the, the actual monsters. And then from there, it's just going. It's the training stopping at that point. It is just full speed ahead. Yeah, and I think maybe you think this is what until dawn took a lot of influence from oh yeah definitely because i know there's not a lot of it but there is the bits in the cave towards the end of until dawn as well isn't they uh obviously they're wendigos though i know these aren't wendigos um but yeah like you could definitely tell there's some influence there because it was one film for one hour then the last half an hour is like Okay, now now basically you're fighting zombies. They're not zombies. I don't know what I don't know what they're called. Maybe it's explored later on in the second film because there's a descent mm -hmm. part two of what they are or what they're called or whatever they want to call them. So I'm just gonna call them the white guys. I believe I believe the director refers to them as crawlers. So I don't know crawlers. whether you want to use that or not. We'll use the word crawlers. I mean they do crawl on the wall and stuff, so it does make sense, but they do. These crawlers are similar to clickers and stuff as well in Last of Us. So it's mm -hmm. definitely had some influence in other stuff. Uh, obviously, they can't see. They're, they're nocturnal, so they only see in the night and stuff like that. Like they can't see in the night, but they live in the night. And they use like the clicks to like vibrate the sounds off the wall to actually hear people so they know where people are. There's a lot of films nowadays that have these kind of like monsters in. I know Monsters Inc. No monsters. Um, <laughs> you've got a quiet place. Yep. Part one and part two. Obviously, with the monsters, they can't hear anything or they attack by sound. Um, I'll be interested to know whether the descent was one of the first ones to actually do that. Um, so we'll have to explore. Yeah, I think it is, especially it's one of those films that was one of the earlier films to do something in a cave. I think it came out around about the same time as a different film about caves. I can't remember. I think it is called The Cave or something like that. And they, they it was very much a race in, in uh, wrapping up production mm -hmm. on The Descent to get it out before the, this sort of rival film. We see these sorts of things happen all the time where there's, you know, similar stuff comes out around about the same time and they want to try and be the first one out there. Yeah. Nobody wants to be second in those sort of situations because they don't tend to do as well but i think the descent is is definitely one of those four like four founders of these sorts of things um again it, it was a it's one of the fewer films at, around that time which had like a full female cast for the most part um mm -hmm. it, even you know even within the crawlers there are female crawlers in that as well um, i mean obviously most of them are bold and look to seem to be uh, uh, male f um, built. Well, I mean, yeah, if you don't count the crawlers, there's only one male character, isn't there? Well, named exactly. anyway. Yeah. So, there's only one named male character and then six six females. Mm-hmm. Or seven if you include the little girl. And yeah. then you've kind of got the nurse and the doctor in the hospital, but that, that's it. And then you've got them going to the cabin and then to the cave. So it's a really small production. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. I mean, if you got the accents right, it'll be great. <laughs> Is that really going to be like your thing now? Like, just the accents are too much all over the place. 
I said that, like the my main gripe for that film was the accents, and like you alluded to as well, they're supposed to be sisters, but they're talking completely different. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I could understand if maybe one of them is, but the age difference doesn't work for him to be like, well, I was born here and I've lived there for a few years, and then we've moved there, and you've been born in this country, so that's why you've got a different accent. But the age difference isn't that much to obviously do that. So maybe their parents are separated and one of them was raised elsewhere. It's probably the only way because she is a med student. So she, maybe she's gone to study in America, but surely she would start to have a twang uh, or an accent. But I feel like this is very minute of a detail that we're getting to. But we just keep coming no. back to this one detail <laughs> of the accents. The accents For a film rolling. that's got so many great reviews. You never see it the talked accent. about, to be fair, actually. And when I look through stuff, you never really... I never saw much about the actual accents. But then that says it's testament to the film that you're not really focusing on the accents. You don't really care about that accent. Well, you do. But you forget about that and you just end up getting You forget about it towards the end in the last half an hour because well, shit goes down. Shit does go down. Um, much like that bone back in the leg. We got the bone back in the leg. We move on, and um, it's a uh, we, we we come to another part of the cavern, which is completely dead. Um, and these women are running out of their their flashlights, their their um, their flares. They they really are um, losing some of the um, the sort of very small amount of helpful aids they have. Um, they think they're going in the right direction because um, just shortly before, I think it's shortly before Holly actually gets hurt, that um, Beth has found a cave painting, um, mm. which details apparently there is another way in and out of the cave system. So these women are clinging on to a tiny bit of hope and then turn on night vision, bones everywhere. So either a large community has died down in this hole or um, something is bringing these things down here to eat, which nobody wants to hear about, really. Um, what did you think of that introductionary scene into the crawlers? The best thing is when, when you're doing that night camera stuff and then she just messing around and all of a sudden the face just turns up in the camera like... Yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, yeah, and then because is that the first time you see them? Oh, that's the second time. Cause she kind of sees it by herself, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, so Sarah keeps getting like... glimpses, glimpses of it because she's convinced yeah. she's seen a man down there, and nobody believes her. They're like, "Oh, okay, the darkness can play tricks." No, no, ain't no, no trickery going on little... here. Juno said that the darkness is playing tricks on okay. you. She knows. So again. She's she's selling herself for this shit. Yeah. I mean, so, I don't think she knew that there was cave people down there. I think she just wanted <laughs> wanted Sarah to be a bit crazy. I, I just wanted to name it. I just wanted to name the cave. She just wanted... Well, no, it's not even that she wanted to name the cave. She had so much guilt in her, in her body that she wanted Sarah to name the cave. Yeah. That's what she wanted. She wanted to name it after her. And I'm like, girl, no. Just move on and don't speak to her ever again. There you go, you're done. But no, you had to, you had to kill her four friends. Five yeah. friends, sorry. Four friends, and then yourself. 
<laughs> we, yeah, well, yeah, I think we jumped ahead a little bit there, but yeah. it's not a great ending for everyone, really. And again, it comes back to the I Hate Juno Club. It's uh, it's just one of those things that um, another notch on that bedpost of why I hate her. She, she's Everyone's kind of like gaslighting Sarah a little bit. I think they even talk about um, the fact that she's on medication at one point. And it's kind of, we again, we as viewers are like, no, it's true. And then obviously we see the night vision of uh, poor Beth, my favorite character. But poor Beth, she, uh, she's uh, got uh, someone, she's got a creeper, creepy crawler behind her back. Um, and what, one of the things that I read about, about this film as well is that um, the, the actresses had not seen what these characters looked like they had purposely kept them apart from the main cast um huh. so when you fir- when they first meet them that gen that is like pretty much a genuine reaction of oh that sounds even worse like sometimes people think oh it must be great to be an actor no not in horror films because the directors pull stuff like this on you where they don't tell you what's going to happen and then you end up getting the fright of your life of seeing these smooth hairless weird creatures in the dark albinos albinos blind oh god no not the one and it no could you imagine though if you were filming it and it was just like oh yeah and then something's gonna happen you just go "Ah, i'm just punch it (laughs) well again that kind of goes back to to happy death day i was one of the one of the the things that i really liked about happy death day is that when she opens they open the door to the party and the guy is stood there with the baby face mask on and her first reaction is she just to punch him (laughs) that would i'm like that's just such a natural thing that uh, it is a knee-jerk reaction of you would just punch um but you know these girls unfortunately do not have such quick reactions and their first reaction is to try and run away um but poor holly her legs pretty much hanging on by his thread as it is and uh, she's easy pickings, sadly, for these uh, for these creatures. And Beth running behind her, she was left to try and scramble for Holly's body. There ain't no saving her. She's dead. She's the minute it bites her neck, she's gone. There's no. It, mm-hmm. I mean, I get the I get why she does it to try and save the body, but no, she's gone. There's nothing more that's going to happen there. Um, yeah. I'm guessing this is where it starts being. Juno is a badass for you, though. Well, yeah, because like I said, you you think like said, the main thing that they do is start running away, and she's like, no, why not? I'm just gonna fight them, <laughs> and then she's just there like fighting them, just like there. She's got this weird, she's got a grappling hook, and she's yep. just there swinging it around, and then she uh, takes out one of them. There's another one coming, and she's kind of like, no, I'm gonna get you, and then again, as you would do when you're in this situation anything around you that's trying to attack and come in all different directions you're just going to swing she swings her grappling hook and it's not a crawler and it goes straight through um her neck yeah i can't whose neck was it again sorry beth 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 um Again, it's a, it's one of those scenes where it just it punches you straight in the face. I was going to say mm-hmm. punches you straight in the throat. Bad choice of words, so I went with face instead. It it you all yeah you are almost well. I was almost. You probably were rooting for Juno in that scene, and then she does that, and instantly I'm back on the I hate Juno train. Choo choo mm-hmm. straight to station. She, like I get it. You caught up in the moment. She just leaves her there. 
She fought what so hard. What else is she going to do? It's like she fought. Right yeah, but she yeah. fought so much for... Like, I'm getting emotional. Um, She fought so hard for Holly's body when you instantly could tell that she was gone. Also, she had a broken leg. They were practically carrying her through those caves. If that was me, I'd be like, just leave me. Just yeah, leave but me. like, it was her fault of why she killed Beth. Like, she impaled her, so she feels obviously definitely responsible for killing her. So she's like, I'm not going to bring her because all she's going to do is be like, yeah, she stabbed me. But would you not <laughs> at least, like, would you not at least try and look like you, you need to help? The no, hook came out the other end. <laughs> Pressure! Pressure! And she had, she had where two it's holes not. in her neck in the front and back. As long as it's not hit her spinal cord, it should be fine. But, um, yeah, and in her grasping moments of what we think at that point is her last moments, she pulls the necklace from Juno's neck, which we've seen Juno play with it, it multiple times throughout the, um, the, the film at this point, and it makes quite a big scene of it. Um, so we all know that's coming back later. Um... And then I think we we leave Juno at that point, don't we? And we end up being... She kind of gets her grapple ready to go. She's like, right, let's go kill I'm somebody. going. She goes finding everyone else. And I think we end up meeting Rebecca and Sam again. And they have mm -hmm. found a small ledge to hide on. Um, as they yeah. have now cracked it, that uh, no speaking, quiet and still is the best the, the, the best plan. Um which is, you know, very quick thing because yeah, uh, I would well, not have what, one of, Yeah, they got up on the ledge and they were just kind of like, well, maybe they won't see us. And then they actually spot it. And then it comes up really close, doesn't it? And it's all like trying to smell. And then it's kind of like, they can't see me. So as long as you don't make a sound, it's fine. Because you could see that the eyes, they don't have like an iris. Mm. So obviously they saw, obviously there's something going on with the eyes. So like, as long as we're quiet. We're fine, and that kind of tells the audience then as well they can't see. So the audience are more aware now because now you're like, stay fucking quiet. Yeah. Stay quiet, everyone. I think as well, <laughs> it's again another moment of tension is built in that area with um, the uh, the glow in the dark watch alarm going off. Um, mm. They think they're clear. They think they're on the home stretch, and it's leaving them alone. But uh, Sam's watch is going to start going it's off. Your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Imagine, imagine if that happened. Um, which you know, I, again, I, I, I'd already seen it before. But and last night I was still sat there going, "Take it off, take it off, and throw it, do it." And then you know, obviously mm -hmm. they do. But it, it gets you so involved that you want these women to survive. Even after you know, there's not really much chance that they are, um, because it it comes thick and fast. These these women are getting picked off one by one. We've already had Holly's gone, Beth's gone, and now we've got these two sisters who are potentially gone. But luckily, they managed to survive because at this point, uh, Juno has started shouting to try and find the rest of the girls and is uh, unbeknowingly bringing the rest of the the pack of crawlers towards her. Which is great for everyone else, because that means less for them to deal with. And it's great for you. Because you're like, yeah. Great for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. go get her. Do it. And obviously Juno doesn't know that they can't see. And then Sarah finds out in the next scene that they can't see. Because whilst that's happening, Sarah's then carrying on. And she kind of lands in some water. Well, 
you think yes. it's water. It's uh, she goes on a kind of little self-serving mission of her own, doesn't she? She she ends up hearing Juno's shouts as well and makes her way back um, to the main clearing, um, and sadly uh, is not alone in that clearing and finds um, poor Beth, who has covered herself in bones um, and blood herself to try and hide um, away, but. Um, She's still grasping on. She's still there. Um, and what a horrible place to find your friend. Especially, uh, I think that the relationship between Sarah and, and Beth has been uh, one of the strongest ones in the film so far, obviously, barring the sisters. Um, and uh, like you said before, the first thing that comes out of Beth's mouth is don't trust Juno because um, she's done this to me. She's done it. Get her. She's she done this. And then we see she has the um, the necklace in her hand. And then she gives Sarah Which... the necklace. The necklace says, I want to say, love each love every day. day. Love I each believe day, yeah. the word in on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which are the words of this, the, the you know, the epitomous words of Sarah's ex. Well, I say ex. Sarah's um husband who's uh, who's passed away at the beginning of the film and it all starts adding up for Sarah you know Juno's necklace his words all those sly glances look she didn't hang around after the funeral it's all coming together and you know not the greatest place to find out that your dead husband was uh, was cheating on you with your best friend um but, but I mean you know it gives her that fuel to carry on for the rest of the the cave Mm. And there's um, one thing we haven't said yet, which does come into play a little bit later, but she seems to pass out quite a lot, like so because of the Medicare, but she keeps having these hallucinations. Um, I know she's probably had about one or two at this point, and it's just her daughter blowing out her birthday cake. Um, yeah, and then she's so yeah, she has she has one of them, but um. She's in this place now uh, with her body and she she gets the video camera and because it's dark she starts using the night vision on that which again smart play use the night vision yep. on the camera and then all of a sudden she can see these crawlers coming around eating the body right in front of her which yeah, it's just what you want to see don't you and then she's got to be really quiet just to make sure they don't like she doesn't hear like so obviously they don't find her. Mm. and then she makes a little bit of a sound and then the crawler comes really close to the camera and she's kind of like like trying to see and then that's when i think she realizes oh they can't see me mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna be really 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 quiet and again it's just a, a tense moment because you're like well she doesn't know if you just make a single sound you're done but um come off the face yeah and then she manages to find a lantern with gas in it and make her own little torch. Mm -hmm. One thing for me, fire surely makes noise. Yeah. So the thing as well that kind of gets <laughs> yeah. to me is that, like, fire does make noise. It makes a crackling noise, obviously, as it burns um, as well. But when, they, when these animals are getting so... Uh, these things are getting so close to these characters. Do they not smell the difference in the air? Yeah, I was like, especially sure. when, especially um, when they're like right the on perfume. top of. 
The sweat. Yeah. The sweat, the tears, everything. The blood. Well, <laughs> the blood I can kind of understand because as 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 you kind of mentioned a minute ago, there is literally a massive pool of blood to which Sarah falls in. So I can kind of forgive them for not smelling her on that one because it just smells like everything else in that area. But when they're on top of of Rebecca and Sam, they their nose is touching. I mean, the, the, these cave dwellers do not have noses, but they've got. The, yeah, you must be gotta be smelling something there even if it's just a hot breath as they breathe out like but anyway these are small niggly bits. we like to like focus on these niggly bits don't we but uh we don't need to um but uh the um the bit where she she sort of sees them all eating she like annihilates a baby one of the 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 uh crawlers to which its mum turns up and is very happy about um, and they get into a bit of a fight, which leads up to your best bit um, of some nice eye trauma there. Yeah, I mean, with the thumbs just going straight in the eyes. It happens twice. Yeah, There's one does. with like a spike into the eye, and then one where they put the thumbs in the eyes. I'm like, yay, great, love it. But, double the fun. Double the fun. But um, no, that's just. Ugh. But there's another thing when you talk about the nitpicking. It's like, you know there's a dead body there, but they know where to find a dead body and eat it. Mm -hmm. But it's not making a sound. So how do they know where it is? So they must be able to feel a body. Well, this is the thing. Again, another thing is they must be able to feel, but also just choose not to feel because um, shortly after gouging out some eyes, Sarah ends up laying Lying completely down. still <laughs> and they put their hand on her head so you'd think that feeling of hair especially because obviously we know a lot of bones in this area but there isn't a lot of corpses that would yeah and then uh, again i can deal with anything for like blood i'm not so bad with um urine defecating doesn't bother me vomit and things like that no and it dribbles all that like horrible what I can only describe as like apple sauce on her head. Oh, no. That's drool, isn't it? Oh, it's a bit chunky for drool. Yeah, they're oh, just eating no. somebody, don't they? It's like, yeah, it's got like, a bit left in their teeth. It's almost what I, you know, like when um in American Horror Story, when uh, Twisty takes his like his his thing off and he's just a mess it's like no 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 <laughs> um but again surely they felt the fire they felt the heat from the fire she's literally lying there with the bat with the lantern mm -hmm. but they know they don't want to feel it they're choosing not to they they, they just do not I find there's some women walking around we need to find them forget the fire it could be one of them but we don't care we, we don't need care. to find the if other the ones running away. Yeah, just find the ones running. If they stood still, don't matter. If lying down, don't matter. Just the running ones. I got this one. I'll save you for later. Yeah, kind of where you are. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think a, a good thing about this film is that we see a lot of them, we see them using techniques that don't necessarily, they don't explain it before they do it, yet we see them do it and we're like, oh, that's actually really good. And you know, like you see like, uh, it is a really big thing in films where they they sort of 
maybe it's more of a mansplain sort of situation where they have to go into detail to what they're doing before they do it. Mm. We just these these women just do it. Like Juno using the 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 um the lighter to find out where the draft is to work out where the the right mm-hmm. way to go in the cavern is. You wouldn't th- I would never have thought of that, but obviously it must be something if you do a lot of spelunking or caving that is is pretty part and parcel of uh, surviving if you were to get in such a situation. And again, um these uh women using the 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 glow sticks and the the night vision and things like that to to aid their way. They're smarter than I am, is what I'm basically saying. Because I would never would have even thought. I just, I would have just laid down and accepted my fate. You're not because you wouldn't have gone there. Yes, Well, yeah, <laughs> I just wouldn't have gone in the first place. That's very true. Blunkin, good thanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, we're coming towards the climactic moments now within the film. You have the sisters finally getting taken out. And we're just left with Juno and Sarah waiting to finally meet up so Sarah can confront Juno about everything. Or if she is going to, maybe she's just going to let her go and they can both escape and try and find a way out together. And they come face to face. They do. And she just drops a necklace and Juno's like, oh, shit. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. And then... That great moment, I bet you were cheering at that bit, weren't you? When she just basically goes, well, we, they're all coming for us, we might as well. Like, we'll, we'll try and go, we can talk about it. Like, and she just grabs, like, the axe or the hammer or something. It's, like, it's like a pick, isn't it's it? A it's spiking, like a, a yeah. climbing pick. And just puts it straight through Juno's leg. It's like, I'm not going to kill you, but, you know, if you want to escape, you can. Right into the, right. Or maybe it's just because, like, I'm going to let them eat you because, you know, that's a worse death. But I literally just pike right into the the leg. See you later, Juno, you bitch. Let's walk away. And this this is the thing, is that even if you completely forget the sleeping with the husband situation, what has Juno done for them? She's full she's got them trapped in this cave. Nobody knows they're there. She we obviously we know that she's hurt Beth. Juno so I think Juno knows that she was still alive when she left her, and that she left her for dead. Um, Ed had a discussion with me last night where he thinks that she, she oh, it's fine. She might not have known. She might have just assumed she died there and then. I was like, no, no, no. She, Beth was writhing around on the floor. She had her hand on her neck. She was, she was dying, and she left her there on her own to fend against these animals. Um, and again, she then barefaced lies to Sarah to Sarah's face again when Sarah says where's Beth and she goes she's dead they got her and she goes did you see it and she stands there and, she, and Juno goes yes and I was like oh you liar you didn't you did that and then you left her there wasn't even any of them in the area at the time when you did that so yeah she got just dessert I think even one of my notes is yeah here it is all these women deserve better except Juno it was her fault they were down there in the first place <laughs> so that's my feelings on Juno. Yeah, and then we carry on now with our main girl going into the final moments, trying to escape from the cave, and she has another hallucination of a daughter. Mm-hmm. Kind of sees her this time, doesn't she? Like next to her with the candle and stuff, and then. Oh, the light comes from the cave 
It's like, yes, we can get out. And then it finally looks to escape and then gets out of the cave, gets in the car, starts driving away, having a good time. It's like, yes, I made it, driving frantically, let's get far away as possible. And you're thinking at this point, surely someone's in this car just to mess with her or something or one of because they do come out to hunt don't they so maybe one of them's going to come out and chase them that way but obviously that doesn't happen she parks up she's got enough she's got enough road like she's got enough distance between her and the cave now parks up have a little bit of a cry i've survived and all of a sudden you just see a dead juno like and then it goes back to the cave and it turns out she didn't actually escape well that's it's a great ending but that's the ending for us uh british viewers um incidentally if you viewed this film in the u.s juno turning up in uh, the car is just it's just the end and that's it um apparently the american viewers just didn't like that bleak ending of being stuck in the cave for the rest of eternity um but us british love it we love we love a bit of of sadness despair yeah, and it's just got a nice shot of it zooming out of the cave and she's just there by herself um, with the flickering lights and stuff. And that, then roll credits. That is the end of the movie. It is. And in that last sort of uh, scene where we see her with her daughter and the cake, um, we see her with the daughter with the cake, that um, there's six candles now. Which I think kind of essentially seals the fate of Sarah, sadly, um, in, a, in in this version of the film anyway, that um, I think each candle's for all the people that we ended up losing in that cave. Um, but yeah, I I liked the ending. I feel like if it had been, if it had ended with the Juno in the car bit, I would have felt like it was a bit of a cop out. Yeah. No, that makes um, sense. Like, so we love that kind of. Like bleak ending, you don't always need a happy ending. I always say, like, if I ever wrote anything, you don't want a happy ending. No. Kill, like, let the killer get away with it. Fun morning. I think. I, mean, I think this is something. <laughs> well, yeah, this is, everybody likes, especially when it comes to like reoccurring films, like you know, like these franchises, like Halloween and Texas Chainsaw and things like that. The the people, you know, no one's getting out for the most part. Maybe one person per film. That's it. Um. But I think especially, I think, and this is again, this is something with British horror is that we do tend to have a lot more quite dark and despairing kind of endings. And a lot of films nowadays are doing that kind of over and over again as well. Um, There isn't really much of a final girl trope nowadays, um, unless it's in a sort of more, you know, light and um, satirical view of a final girl. Um, Obviously, like we discussed a couple of weeks ago, we have Tree um, in um, Happy Death Day. But... Mm. um, uh, the the director Neil Marshall he wasn't really fussed on an ending um, so he was open to re shooting an ending um, to just have an end for the the, the car scene um, but also at the same time he said you know um, just because someone escapes does it really mean that it, it it's a good ending it you know it's not always such happiness and sunshine just because you got out um, mm-hmm. it's quite psychologically breaking for being in such a situation. Yeah, and it's interesting as well because I had a look at him. He's a, he hasn't really directed a lot of films. I think before this, his other big film was Dog Soldiers. I think that was the only thing that he'd done beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which I, again, I, I like Dog Soldiers. That was that was a that was a like growing up kind of childhood film I watched. So yeah, so most people may not know this. I'm sure most people do, but the way it ended, she's in the cave and stuff, and then there's a descent part two. Mm-hmm. Which obviously we have. I haven't seen it, so I can't really. I haven't seen it yet. either. You haven't seen it either, but Sarah is in this film. She is. So uh, the film, the second film, I think was more spurred on from the American ending, the US ending, um, and probably was more of a um, a US um, audience kind of thing. I feel like I could have been fine with just The Descent and no need for the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been fine as a standalone, but obviously if the first one does so well you kind of want to get on that uh that hype Top as it continues oh yeah oh yeah got to get got to get the money whilst you can um and I, one of my sort of reservations about watching the second one is that i wouldn't want it to be that they get a bigger budget they don't do quite as much camera work stuff as they do with this one and it ends mm-hmm. up being a bit of a literally just a money grab because um, that would make yeah. me quite disappointed considering how well this first one was you know i liked it so much well like i said neil marshall didn't return to direct this film uh, i don't think he even wrote it i think he may have just had an executive producer role because obviously the first film yeah. and i'm not sure if you've read the plot or what it's about or whatever but from what i read the the basic plot obviously we're not doing a spoiler episode for descent part two is apparently sarah gets out she tells the police that these, these monsters in the cave and they don't believe her. So she has to take the police to the cave and go through the cave to find these monsters. That's what the second film's about. Which is kind of essentially on the same wavelength of if anyone's watched um, The Collection and it's subsequent mm-hmm. The Collector afterwards. Yeah. Or is it the other way around? Anyway, um, you know, someone escapes the first one, has to take a group of people back. Um, to figure out what happened to the second one. Um, you know, it's a trope, it works. Um, you know, it keeps that, that reoccurring person in. Um, I believe that the other girls are credited in the second one, but I imagine it's just flashbacks. Um, I don't think they would have had the actual actresses well, come bodies back. Or like, oh, their bodies, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think as well, it's, it's one of those films, it, it's probably more of a cult classic, I was imagining, because a lot of these women... Uh, we probably know them a lot more from their their TV acting, especially in Britain. Um, we have uh, Beth uh, was in Misfits season one, um, and uh, Mayanna Burin was in uh, Ripper Street, if anyone's watched that in the UK. Um, so they don't really go on to do masses of, of work afterwards, kind of more TV, TV film sort of stuff. But... Uh, Neil Marshall did go on to do a couple of episodes of Game of Thrones, and he also did um, an episode of Hannibal. The more you know. I am. So, uh, you've already seen it, so I'll start with you. How many avocados would you give it? It's not avocado. How many pumpkins? (laughs) Um, I would give it do you know what? I don't have anything wrong with it. I think this could be a five pumpkin. Five for me. pumpkin? Even with those There's accents? Noth- even with those accents. I think as watching it as a standalone, not, you know, no no sequel, I've watched the, the true ending, you know, how it was originally made. 
I think it, it there's not you can't you can't, what, what can you like quibble about on it it is a good it's an all-round film the, you know the characters are built up you learn quickly about them they're, they're fleshed out you know I'm pretty sure this film passes the uh, the Bledshaw test is that how is that how you say it? Whereas basically there's a there's a scene where two women are talking about something that is not a man, um, and you know, granted we talk about the husband a fair bit about the film, but other than that, you know, they talk about all sorts. Um, so yeah, I, I I like it. The set the designs are amazing. You know, the the directing's great. It's a, it's a five for me. What about you? What did you think? That's a four. Yeah. I'll take that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the accents, isn't it? The accents stopped it from being a five for you. Cunt. Yeah. Uh, I kept getting, <laughs> I kept getting people confused as well. And like I said, that all the women were, were great, but at points I was just like, which one are you again? And then I don't the think accents the light. It's like, all right, fair enough. The light <laughs> doesn't help, help on yeah. that one. No. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think the only one you well, definitely knew was the Irish one because she sounded completely different to everyone else. <laughs> and the Scottish one. Well, obviously Sarah and Juno, and then you had the Irish one. Yeah. Then you had then you had the other three, which I was kind of like, I don't know which one's which now, but okay. Fair enough. Um, the main three are fine. Yeah, the other three I was just kind of like, they're just there to die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, don't you be bad mouthing my Beth. She was a, she was <laughs> a very uh, integral character. You know, she was the storyteller. She was the one that connected the dots for Sarah. And a good friend to boot. And then Sarah yeah. had to smash her head in with a rock, so. Sad times. We didn't even talk about that, did we? Yeah, should we didn't. Over. As well, I was going to say, would you Would you have the strength to, to smash your best friend's head in with a rock? Yeah, it'd be fun, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't. I think she doesn't hesitate as well. She's literally in that frame of mind where she goes, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. And then she's like, you're going to have to. You can't uh, let them eat me. And then she just went, Done. I mean, they're still going to eat her, just not, not while she's alive. Well, yeah, I don't. you wouldn't want to be eaten alive, would you, like, with the what's no. his face in Shaun of the Dead, where they carry him out the window. Yeah, that's true. But no, like I said, four pumpkins. I mean, that gives it an average of 4.5. Yeah. Fair score. It is a fair score. I think we've been very... They, they all kind of average out around that four pumpkin mark, don't they, so far? Um, mm hmm we're going to have to find something that we just don't we're agree on, aren't we? Bad. Let's find something we have bad. to. I mean, we uh, haven't decided what the next film is, so it's my choice, isn't it? It's your choice, it is indeed. Are well, you going to choose one that you've seen? Or are you going to choose one that neither of us have seen? You'll find out in the next episode. Ooh. <laughs> but, I mean, that links us nicely to the next episode. So, do you remember... What are we talking about next episode? The next episode, if I remember the, the order correctly, is the cheerleader, the jock, the nerd, and the virgin, I believe, if I've got that the word in the right way round. But um, we're talking about tropes, and we're talking about um, especially teenage horror. The teenage movie horror tropes. That is the next episode. But in the meantime... Make sure to like, subscribe, follow wherever you find your podcast, and you can follow us, you can like us, you can tweet us, you can't tweet us, you can Instagram us, you can message us on at Bloody Brilliant Podcast. 
and that is this week's episode of the descent so thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next two weeks talking about horror movie tropes